Welcome to the Extremely Successful Sales Club. If you would please be so kind as to sign the visitor's book and then take your seat. Our podcast is about to begin. Ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce your host, Mr. Chris Murray. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Extremely Successful Sales Club. I'm Chris Murray and I'm delighted to be joined today by the one and only Daniel Disney. Hello, Daniel. Hey, Chris. I am so excited to be on this show. I think we've been friends for quite a few years now and um, I probably am your biggest fan, to be fair. Certainly the biggest fan of your books. So um, I am pumped to be here today. Oh, bless you. And thank you so much for finding the time to speak with us today. Now, in case anyone listening doesn't already know, Daniel is one of the world's leading LinkedIn and social selling experts. He's an author. He's the founder of the incredibly successful uh, Daily Sales and is a fantastic keynote speaker on the international stage. Uh, This man is on a personal mission to help as many people as possible learn how to sell more on LinkedIn. In fact, his book, The Million Pound LinkedIn Message shares the real-life story of how a single, well-crafted communication opened the door to a genuine £1 million sale. Ladies and gentlemen, the man referred to as the king of LinkedIn and social selling, Daniel Disney. Uh, Honestly, I'd be amazed if anybody listening to this doesn't know who you are already, uh, Dan. But just give us a a quick, brief outline of of, um, where you were a couple of years ago and how you got here. Yeah, so I mean, I'm a salesperson, Chris, at heart, as you know, I've worked in sales my entire working career. And yeah, what, four or five years ago, uh, was just like any other sales manager, you know, here in the UK, running my sales teams, but through the world of LinkedIn, not only found an amazing tool to help me and my teams sell, but also found a tool that I was able to build and grow a personal brand, build and grow an audience, and it opened uh, just so many doors, which is why I am as passionate as I am about helping salespeople, sales teams, and, and businesses unlock the potential that sits within LinkedIn. What I found wonderful about the way that you did it, though, and I mentioned it, I've mentioned it here on a number of occasions. The first time we we met, you already had this huge audience, and uh, and and I posed the question: you know, Did did you pay for the audience? Did you, did you build it up using some kind of monetary means and, and, and advertising and, and you said i wouldn't know how to do that chris which i'm sure you do know how now but uh but, but back then it, it was it was an honest reply to saying no i've just I, i've got here chris because i'm popular mate that's how i did it <laughs> i mean people were just falling you know signing up and, and coming to see you like like was falling into honey it was it was, it was remarkable you just well, what was it that you did so right that that got people looking at your site and talking to you there, there were three keys to it chris if i look back at it and it's the same three things that i've done throughout those years to continue that growth um and success and it's quality so the quality of the content that i was creating um the value of the content so the 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 content is always valuable to the audience it's informative entertaining motivational and then the final bit is consistency so doing regular consistent basis and that's you know when we first met i think i'd been growing it for sort of nine to twelve months um and that's all i'd been doing sharing content every day good quality content that was that was valuable to the audience and it gave people a reason to want to to follow um to follow me and 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 the pages and i mean you're right i i 
I'm very much against buying audio. I, I wouldn't honestly. I still wouldn't know now how you buy followers, and I don't want to know because it is easy to do without spending money. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you say it's easy to do. It's, it's something that a lot of other people have a great deal of trouble with. But, <laughs> but that, you know, you said that consistency and 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 and, and sending out quality and and and, and lots of um, and lots of great content. Some people might not realise that, that for the first nine or twelve months you were talking about, then you, you you had another job as well, didn't you? Uh, yeah, well, for the first I think two years um, of building up the daily sales, I was working full time as a sales manager. I had a large sales team. I was working extremely long hours. It was, you know, it was. I, I loved my job, but it was very, you know, it was tough and challenging. So I, everything I did, I did it on weekends, evenings. You know, I would work way into the early hours of the morning. Um, you know, I'd take up a chunk of my weekends to to sort of build it up, but. It was something, I mean, I'm so passionate about sales, Chris. I think you know that, you know, I love oh, yeah. everything about selling. And so for me, it didn't feel like it was a lot of work. It was just doing what I enjoyed. And I knew I was building up something that would create kind of, you know, world and opportunity that I have now. And so, and you mentioned something really interesting there. And we are, fair enough, the, the first rule in the Extremely Successful Sales Club is to adopt the positive. How, how you, you've got that? You were motivated. You get excited about it. And uh, just two questions. This, and I, I, I should know better than this. But first question was: Was this your master plan to get to the end of that year and, and just launch yourself into the king of LinkedIn and social selling? Or, uh, and, and and the second bit was: How do you now keep yourself constantly positive and motivated and 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 keep consistently churning it out? Yeah, do you know what? It, it was never the plan, Chris. Uh, I think when I first started it, I did it as a hobby. I was just sharing. It was it was a platform for me to share my stories of working in sales, my tips, my ideas, my knowledge, you know, and, and entertaining stuff. It was just a hobby. And it was only really at the end of that first year where I think I'd grown to 100,000 followers, which blew my mind. That's <laughs> no amazing. In no point in that time. Did I have any thoughts of earning money from it or turning it into a business? It was just fun. And it was only when it sort of got to that large point that I started to realize there was some potential in there. And it took me a, a whole year to turn it into a business that, you know, generated revenue. And then it was only when sort of that point came that I sort of accumulated everything I'd learned from using LinkedIn as a salesperson, as a businessman, as an entrepreneur, and realized just how many salespeople, sales teams and businesses out there didn't know that stuff and were struggling to use LinkedIn the right way. Um, and so then I put a lot of my efforts sort of into building training and, you know, content through my own channel to, to help people with that. And that's interesting. That, uh, another great part that I've raised with a number of people on this podcast. I, you know, when you read posts um, uh, from, from all sorts of sources, but they, they say um, we don't need advice from sales trainers who have never done a day sales uh, never done a day's selling in their lives and, and or haven't sold for the last 20 years or 10 years, whatever it might be. Uh, <laughs> anybody that does this for a living, sales speaking, sales trading, knows that if, you know, I don't know what it, what it's like to work for a big company as, a, as, as an internal sales trainer, but when it's your business, you don't stop selling, do you? You know? <laughs> no, it's a 24-7 thing. Like you literally have to live and breathe it, or otherwise you fail. I mean, sales training is that hugely competitive market. And I mean, I think you and I have both seen sales trainers come into the scene and disappear in a short amount of time because I think they sort of expect everything's gonna kind of come to them. And you know, uh, yeah, I I wouldn't have been able to have started my business without 
you know, having those skills and that hunter instinct. And I wouldn't have been able to, this is year three now. And the only reason I'm still doing this is because I'm always selling and I will never stop. I don't want to stop, but I, no. yeah, I'll never stop. Yeah, funny enough, I was talking with our mastermind group, um, the mastermind group I'm a member of uh, a couple of months ago, and, and we're all talking about, you know, what, what we do if we came into, into into a huge, vast amount of money, like winning the lottery or something. And it would probably just be fa- find more ways of, of doing this better and more often. You know? it's, it's, That's it's, exactly what it's, I would do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, absolutely. So, so with that in mind, so you've got a beautiful young family, the sun's shining, you're doing incredibly well at the moment, you, you, you're, um, you're in, in it excessively high demand internationally for, for, for your um, knowledge and services. You know, I've seen people get to this point before now and, and get very comfortable and, and let it start slipping away. That's not happening with, with Daniel Disney. So, so how do you keep yourself motivated? What, do you have a particular regime, uh, structure to your day? How do you do it? Um, it's kind of a, I say a tricky one to answer. I think it's a few things that I try and, you know, keep, I'm a genuinely a positive person. So, you know, that's just a, that's just who I am. It's in my DNA. Um, always have been positive and, and, and hopefully always will be. But there are things I try to do just to make sure I keep the right balance. So it's silly things like just making sure I get enough sleep, making sure I'm putting the right things in my body, eating the right food, drinking the right drinks, you know, trying to get some exercise. I try to make sure I have good time with my kids and my partner. I try to make sure I have time to myself and, you know, that I read and you know, educate. It's just all those little things that we all know, you know, there's plenty of stuff out there that show us all those kind of things we need to, to be the best we can be. I try to keep that balance as much as possible. Some days I don't have the right balance. Other days, you know, I do, but I try to keep some level of consistency with it. Um, and just always try and I think the probably core of it is always look for the opportunity, no matter how challenging a situation might be like exactly what's happening right now we face challenges every day and i think the key for me is always looking through the opportunity past any challenge and that helps keep you positive because you're always looking at okay here is a tough situation but what can i do to get around it how can i try and leverage you know as as much opportunity from it fabulous and and well, with that in mind, then, what, what do you reckon the, the sales fundamentals uh, fundamentals that every salesperson should adopt? What 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 is your ethos for for um, the, the, if if I was to gather some people who you thought very highly of, some young men and women who who wanted to get into sales, what would you say the sales fundamentals are, and and, and to give them the right direction? Yeah, I guess there's a few. The first one is don't go out there to sell a product. Go out there to solve problems. Go out there to help people. The salespeople that go out there just wanting to sell an item or a product or a service will struggle because they're forever almost putting themselves in a a bad salesperson's shoes. They're just trying to sell something. And actually, if you go out there and try and help people identify opportunities, needs, and and you know so on and so forth, you create better sales relationships. You'll close a lot more sales, and you'll you know build long-lasting relationship so don't go out to sell products go out there to genuinely uh help people the second bit which i think is really important is you need to have that hunter instinct you need to have a fire burning inside you to want to go out and sell because my god is it tough out there like you are going to face so much rejection so much negativity so many challenges and objections i mean you get everything thrown at you and you need to have that sort of you know burning motivation to push past it keep going you've got to have that resilience that resistance to push through that all knowing that you know the deepest of your heart that you genuinely want to help that person um so you've got to have that that sort of hunter 
um, hunter instinct. And I guess the last thing is, is you need to not give up. You need to be able to push until the end. And that doesn't mean be a pest. That doesn't mean constantly hound someone until you force them to say yes. You need to know when to stop. But for a lot of salespeople, they're giving up way too early and actually just overcoming a few more hurdles, a few more challenges could create so many more opportunities. So hunter instinct, um, go out there to help people and be as persistent as you can, push as hard as you can, I think would be the key fundamentals from certainly my experience. Uh, they regain the tenacity of a child there. We, we, uh, I, I recognize that one. So the, 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 um, where, where would you say that? Because that's a really interesting point, right? That people are giving up too early. And I don't think it's that people are lazy. I don't think it, that, that people uh, are, are necessarily that bothered about trying too hard or, 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 or you know, they're not, not, not giving up for giving up sake. I think that they, they think they've got to a point where I don't know, they, they don't want to offend somebody. They don't, I, I don't, I'm not entirely sure what it is sometimes, but what do you reckon the pointers are where, where, where you know when to give up? Where is that point? Yeah. So I think, you know, when to give up when you have genuinely done a good qualification process. So when you've genuinely asked all the right questions, identified all the information you need to know, you know, if you've got all of that information there and, you know, you can see that perhaps it isn't the right time for them or they genuinely don't have the budget for it. You know, if you can honestly see and that you've genuinely asked that, you know, those questions, then you should know when it is or isn't appropriate to, to continue moving forward. But, you know, qualification is a key part of that and the other thing is to not make assumptions a big trap salespeople fall into is they make assumptions they assume someone can't afford it they assume it's not the right time and they haven't even asked the questions so you know a good qualification process mixed with not making assumptions treating every prospect as an individual and you know only knowing one thing is that you believe you can help them just make sure you ask all of the right questions um, and, and you will know. You, you will both know whether it's, you know, right to move forward. Wonderful. So clearly uh, um, people would have to have the tenacity and, and, and the, the wherewithal to actually put this uh, next bit of advice I'm going to ask for you um, in, into place before they took your your crown off as, as king of, of LinkedIn and social selling, sir. But the, uh, if you were to start again tomorrow, nothing everything's wiped out and you had to point yourself in the right uh, direction new product no existing account base what two or three things would you do would you put in place how would you ensure that you get yourself back on the right road again yeah i mean obviously the first thing is make sure i've got the right mindset and motivation i need to be in the right place to make the most of it one of the first things i would do is immerse myself in that industry so whichever product i'm suddenly now going to be selling i would immerse myself in that industry i would read i would listen i would watch i would learn as much as i could about the industry see who the key people are um i would research my customers whether they're um you know prospective customers whether they're customers to my competitors but really understand the the landscape to which I'm selling in, um, then it would be a case of looking at all the tools that I can leverage, whether it's the phone, email, LinkedIn, you know, social video, and then make sure I master those tools. If you literally stripped everything away that I have right now and, you know, said, right, Dan, you're going to start selling pens, for example, you're going to start going out there and selling, you know, these pens. Uh, um, I would make sure I, owned this industry i would know everything i needed to know about my products i'd know everything i needed to know about my customers and i would go out and talk to as many people as i could i would make as many calls send as many videos send as many emails 
send as many LinkedIn messages. I would build the personal brand on LinkedIn. Um, you know, it would just be a case of, and that's, but that's what I've done in every sales job I've had. And that's what I've applied to what I'm doing now. It's just, I, it's almost all out war to, to with yourself essentially, but to be successful. Uh, interesting. Cause one of the reasons I asked the question, I remember I was talking to a billionaire actually, uh, who, I, who I used to work for. And he was talking about the number of lottery winners who win millions and then lose it. And then, and then find themselves in really struggling. He said, the thing about people who have made themselves actually made themselves a million pounds are never scared about losing it because they could always make another million pounds because they know how to do it. And, and, and it's, it's, you know, that starting from a particular point and, and it's, it's, it's wonderful advice given by people who have lived it and been it and done it. And yet it, it's, must frustrate you as well with some of the um, sort of pink Kool-Aid sales people out there who, who are, I don't know, trying to sell everybody the quick way to the end, you know? Oh, it's, it's painful, Chris. It's one of the things that, you know, does uh, frustrate me to, to sort of see. And I, I'm not consumed by it by any means, but I do feel for the people that that fall for it because they are usually very good at making all the right noise to get you to buy from them. But it's, it's no different to, I mean, I'm halfway through writing a blog about it at the moment. It's called The Dark Side of Sales. It's no different to Jordan Belfort selling his penny stocks, you know, and parading them as something really beneficial that they were going to cash in in years to come. And the reality was it was none of that. But, you know, lying to sell isn't selling. If you have to lie to win a sale, you haven't won a sale. You are not a sales professional. You are, you know, fraudulent. You're a con person and there should be no credibility to it. Genuine real professional selling is a beautiful thing chris it's an amazing thing you and i both know and then you know the, the people that we get to work with and train and, and whatnot i i love seeing these great salespeople go out there and they're building these amazing relationships they are selling to the right people that they know they can help they're building long-lasting relationships you know sales is a wonderful thing Salespeople help businesses and, and and departments and people save tons of money improve tons of areas of their business you know sales is a wonderful thing when done right unfortunately there are a lot of people that the ability to sell is a it's a skill it's not easy as you and i again we both know it not everyone can sell um so when you have those skills you know you have a choice you use it in a good way or you don't <laughs> yeah, I'll turn to the dark side <laughs> and it's you 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 formed a sentence in my mind when you were speaking there that, that, that um if you have to lie to get the business you haven't made a sale you've sold a lie haven't you that's, I mean, you, you have sold a lie and, that, and that's not the same thing as making a sale yeah uh, i can tell you chris that this pen you know writes in gold and you know will make you money and you know you'd probably buy it that's cool but yeah it's so easy to sell a lie there is no skill in selling a lie um the skill comes from being able to genuinely help someone with your product or service, which is why I take my hat off to everyone who is ethically selling out there, who's working hard and doing well, because it is a, it's a hard job. It's a tough job. It's a very rewarding job for a good reason. Um, but yeah, the, the people that sell properly, um, you know, they're good people. That, that, that's another really, really good point in the fact that um, what, what what a lot of salespeople are missing. You know, we, we're trying to help people. You should know how you help people. You should you should um, you should understand your customers so well and how you can possibly help them. The reason that people buy lies is because they sound so helpful. They sound they they, they these people desperately want someone to come and help them and take their pain away. And and the liar and the cheats and and uh, and, 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 and the half jobs, they have they have worked out 
how to tap into that. If, if ethical salespeople can learn how to tap into that rather than just selling at people, they'd be so much more successful. I mean, when I first started my business a number of years ago, I couldn't believe how many charlatans and and shysters were trying to take my money, money off me unethically. It was like it was a weekly game, and 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 the first couple of weeks I was I was quite naive, and I, and I and I thought, oh, this is nice. Everybody's trying to help me start my business, but they were just <laughs> if they if they put that into ethical selling into doing a proper job they were really good at it they were really really good at being shysters if they if they turned that around they could have made themselves a fortune by doing yeah. it legally you know i just like, give an example i um, when i was leading a, a sales team a couple of years back i was listening to calls and i, I listened to one call and, and this was he was it was a good sales rep um you know they had a good track record and I listened to this call they had with a with a prospect, and I heard them tell several lies that they knew weren't true. They they knew the product, they knew all the the right information, but they kind of felt the pressure of obviously you know wanting to sell. Greed probably took over, and so they told things they thought the customer wanted to hear. What was most frustrating is that actually you know listening to the whole conversation, the customer was good, it was suitable, it was the right product, and actually if they'd they didn't have to lie to sell. And I think that's the case for a lot of salespeople out there. They don't have to lie to sell. It's just they either get too excited, they they get over keen, they get greedy, there's too much pressure on them, whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, you're right. Look, anyone who's who's telling a lie to sell, they're not a salesperson. There should be no credit of success to it. Um, sales is a wonderful thing. Do it right <laughs> and you'll do far better. The best salespeople out there, the best salespeople I've, I've met, worked with, hired, you know, they're good people. They just genuinely want to help and they work hard. That's the key. They work hard. They will go above and beyond to help their prospects and customers. They're not just looking for some quick win. They're not looking for a quick bit of commission. You know, they want to build something longstanding. And that's, I think, the difference between good salespeople, ethical salespeople, and not. Brilliant. And you asked, sorry, you mentioned uh, then. Uh, Something that, that I, I, I wanted to tap back into. It's, it's, it's not a, a perfect segue, this, but it was something you mentioned a couple of minutes ago uh, about um, about all the different and, and, and various ways you can get in touch with customers. I'm seeing a lot of use of and, and, and using myself these days with a video within sales. Um, can you give us uh, and, and the listeners some pointers of, of using video properly within the sales cycle? Yeah, definitely. Video is like the next frontier for for sales. I think, you know, obviously my thing is the whole social piece and there's definitely going to be, you know, several more years of helping that become the norm in sales. The next wave after that, I believe, will be video. It's growing massively. The problem is a lot of salespeople have no idea how to record videos and that naivety when left alone can create problems. And I'll give you an example. Um, Someone I know forwarded me a video from a salesperson and there were so many things you could pick that were wrong with it. Clearly they just got their camera and started recording. They'd had no training, done no research, you know, and it's it's no different to hiring a salesperson, giving them a phone and numbers of your prospects and letting them off, you know, letting them go. You have no idea if they know how to make cold calls, if they're going to be any good. It's, you know, everyone needs training. So some top tips just for, for, for those listening, be aware of your background, number one. <laughs> so make sure you choose a spot that has a either good or simple or a plain, you know, a, a background that because people will notice. They will look behind you, they will look at whatever's on the wall, you know. So 
you know, create a good background, find a good spot in your house while we're working remotely. If you're in the office, find a good spot in the office. Um, next thing is make sure you are dressed and look presentable. Um, you know, in this particular video that, that was shared to me, the salesperson was in a really bizarre hoodie. It wasn't a company hoodie. It was just some sport. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're selling those hoodies, it's not really, I mean, they were, it was actually a recruitment person. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't the best impression they could make. And it doesn't mean you have to okay. be in a suit, but you could be dressed smart, either have something company branded or just a shirt, you know, little things like that make a big difference. Um, make sure you look at the camera. So if you are recording a video, look at the camera and just imagine the camera is the person. Talk to the camera. That prospect was right in front of you. Make it engaging. Uh, and the last tip I'll give is make it short and sweet. Don't ramble on for five minutes. Ideally, a minute is the maximum you want to do if you're going to send prospective messaging. You know, keep it nice and short and sweet. And I guess an extra tip, hyper-personalize it. Make them know that there is a reason you're sending them that video. Make you know, read their profile, look at their website, and talk to them as an individual. Don't create one video and mass send it out to hundreds of people <laughs> and tell them why you think that you can help them with your product or service. No, that's great advice, and it's it's um, I, f- I find it fascinating because I'm getting a few through these days, and um, and and it, it in in this current day and age that we're all living through at the moment, you know, with a lot of people working from home and, and appearing on the television, on the news, working from home. Now, the first thing you do is, 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 is check out what they want you to see behind them, isn't it? You know, so you can't help watching some people on videos and on telly and thinking, you want me to see that you've read that book. <laughs> you know, you, you want me to see that, um, that, that you have that degree. That, that, that's why you put it right behind you. But that's the thing about, I mean, I find this about social selling video all coming all coming around here and the fact that, what, what was the line you used in one of your keynotes that, that, that I attended about uh, about how you, uh, it, was, it was about dressing for, for sales meetings and you were talking about, sorry, you, you, tell, you tell it much better than I do. <laughs> yeah, so it was sort of realizing and understanding that you don't only have your physical presence to, to take care of, you have a digital presence as well. So we will put a lot of effort to making sure we look physically presentable when we're going to be facing prospects and customers. We will dress smart. We will make sure we're, you know, whether it's clean shaven, our hair's done, you know, whatever, we look as professional as possible. Salespeople very rarely have that same logic or process to their digital presence. And that could be your LinkedIn profile. That could be how you're looking when you're on video. People treat it differently because they're usually most accustomed to using it personally. So we're used to using video to talk to our friends and family. So that's why we would dress in our in our comfy clothes. And it's just making sure you use the same mindset, uh, your digital, your social, and your video presence, that it's no different to being face-to-face. And you know, for a lot of salespeople out there, the first impression you're going to give will be them looking at your LinkedIn profile. It could be that video message. So that needs to be the best first impression you can make. I, and, and, do you know, I'm still finding after all these years, I mean, I, 12 years ago, um, one of my business advisors told me to get onto social, told me to get onto LinkedIn, and I reacted like my granddad. I, 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 you know, I raised my eyebrows and thought, oh, that's not how we sell, son. That's not how we do it. You know, it's, it, I, I'm surprised on, on a weekly basis, spending time with sales teams, how many people are still coming anew to LinkedIn. You know, and, and and I think there's a couple of of of, of, of quick tips that that, that 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 we could add here that I'd, I'd love your feedback on. Uh, first one would be about um, 
the profile photo because I do believe that if if I if you are going to come and see me as a salesperson and I'm a buyer, I will look you up on LinkedIn. I will try and find you on social media. You know, and so the profile picture is one thing, and and, and whether that's a professional headshot uh, or a picture of yourself, because I've seen some fascinating is the best choice of words I can find for, for some of those photographs. You know, uh, group shots, for instance, and but 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 also so the holiday shots that that are quite surprising. But then um, also, I, I would say with LinkedIn, it's equal, you either use it to get a new job or to get a new customer, and you never use it, try and do both those things at once. You're at, if you're looking for a new job, and I, and I come and have a look at you as a supplier, and I can see that even you don't believe in your company, why would I buy off you, you know? And so, so, so I, um, that, that, that's my first point. And then going deeper into that, that surprises me that people haven't loaded up their work email as a contact email for people to get in. So, you know, you want to get in touch with somebody because I want you to supply me and I have to get in touch with Sam 43 at Gmail, you know, and it's just like, it doesn't, it doesn't look like you're staying around where you are. I don't know. What do you think? No, do you know what's funny, Chris? You, you know, there are so many people that set up their LinkedIn profile with their personal email address, and it's easy to change. You know, some people are scared that what, what if they leave their role? You know, that either way, it's easy to change. It's it's pretty low risk to to change it to a new email address before you leave. If you do leave, but yes, you're right. Yeah. You should have it to your work email. But even better, don't just leave it to the contact section. Have it in your summary actually put a piece at the bottom of your summary saying, if you'd like to get in touch and ask anything about any of the above, here is my email address, phone number, blah, blah, blah. Make it even more obvious because very few people will make all of that effort to open the box to your contact details. So make it nice and simple, put it really bold in your in your summary. And you're spot on about your profile, Chris. You'd be surprised how many people, you know, I'm, tra- I'm training, you know, a lot of B2B professional companies where there'll be people in the team that their profile picture is either a photo from a wedding. I've had people there holding a, a pint of beer at the local pub, you know, yeah. and it's just not appropriate and look it's really easy to do as well obviously we're all in lockdown so if you're at home and you want to get a new profile picture if you feel you need to get one just find a nice plain colored wall in your house uh somewhere with good lighting and get someone to take it or put it on you know hold it somewhere and and do the timer you just want shoulders and above plain background smart headshot obviously when we do get out of this i would obviously highly recommend having a professional photographer because it makes a big difference but again that's the first impression profile photo and then don't um don't underestimate the the power of the background the background image behind your profile photo on your linkedin profile that's your mini billboard that is a great opportunity to show someone what it is you do, how you help people, what you offer. Um, and again, really easy to create. Uh, I use www.canva.com, C-A-N-V-A.com. Free to use. It has templates, mm-hmm. drag and drop. Um, just those two things, good photo and a good background. Boom. You know, you're already probably a hundred times better than your profile, you know, already is. No, that's so true fascinating actually because there's nothing wrong with an iphone shot of yourself but what i can't understand why so many people are determined to actually take pictures of themselves in 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 pub toilets and bar toilets and restaurant restrooms i it's just like it's is that the best place you could find to take a picture of yourself is that, is that the only place you could find yourself alone i don't know it's it, 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 it's remarkable isn't it there, there was there was one person and i can't i clearly i'm going to try to stay as generic as possible who was on a workshop of mine and we went and had a look at, at some of their LinkedIn profiles and they had taken a picture of the back of their head as a profile picture and uh, as I, 
it's just like honestly that, which is uh, maybe that, that that's what most of their customers saw of them more than anything else just the, them leaving and, and never seeing them again but yeah yeah it's fine. So, actually you know I, there, was, there was there was one um customer who said that uh, the reason that they chose the supplier they chose because there was it was down to two suppliers and one of the salespeople looked like an unmade bed and not, not, not only in person but also on linkedin and if that's and if that's the respect that they gave them that uh, that then they, they were going to give the business always to the person and, uh, and 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 that is a, a very awkward segue that my, my unmade bed there, there is a there is a sales story about a bed that i want you to share with, with us daniel what, what, what's that man this is a this is probably the the funniest moment also probably the cringiest moment in my entire career <laughs> i don't share all too often chris but um you asked for a funny story so you're gonna get it today um right at the beginning of my sales career i mean i was 18 19 years old i was selling kitchens bathrooms and, and bedrooms for a, a well-known diy chain and after a a wonderful evening out the night before that that lasted very late into the early hours of the morning <laughs> with very minimal sleep i went into work the next day on on a saturday and was so tired chris i was so tired and we had all these wonderful comfy looking beds on display that i was selling and i made the mistake of just lying on one of them for a, a minute and the next thing you know half an hour had gone past and i was woken up by a prospect who was nudging me uh, saying, "Excuse me, sir. Excuse me. Can you can you help me, please?" And I was woken up by a customer whilst, yeah, asleep, probably snoring on a on a Saturday when I should have been working. Well, there you go, and, and that gives hope to absolutely everybody out there. It's happened to the best of us. There, there, there are certainly some stories that I will definitely be sharing with you next time we have a glass of something to go with us. I didn't realize. So I, I, I don't clearly want you to be um, christened for the rest of your life now as the Goldilocks of social selling, but uh, <laughs> just finding the comfiest bed to go to. <laughs> and there's clearly a bowl of porridge waiting for you. Dan, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you, sir. It, it really, I can't tell you how happy I am to, to, to that you've come on the show and, and, and shared all these wonderful um, bits of advice with. If there's um, if there's anything that you'd leave now uh, that the listeners with that that. that they should go and do next. You know, some people will be listening to this on the way to work. Some of these people will be listening in the home office. Some of these people will be listening on holiday. What do you think the sales world should do next after listening to you? Um, do you know what? If there was one message I was to give to anyone in sales at any position, anybody, just just always be learning. Just always go out there to learn. And the beauty of it is we we have all these tools now, things like LinkedIn, social media, online. There is so much great content like this wonderful podcast, Chris. You know, check out the other episodes, read your books, go and follow your blog. There is so much content out there full of knowledge, tips, insights. Um, you know, and I do it now to this day throughout you know my career to this day. I surround myself with as much knowledge. And, you know, I, I credit that hugely to my ability to be successful in sales. So yeah, anyone working in sales, maybe go and buy a new sales book, go and, and find some sales experts to follow on social media, read some blogs, go onto YouTube and look at some sales videos. Just every day, try and learn or consume something educational. It's that extra step forward that will help drive you you know, closer to success. Wonderful. And if I was to jump on YouTube now, anybody in particular that um, you'd advise for uh, our listeners to go and have a look at? 
oh god there's 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 loads i mean i'm actually quite a fan of jordan belfort's content and controversial as it may be wolf of wall street aside uh he's got a, a podcast a, a podcast that he actually you know videos as well and some of his interviews credit to him he understands sales and granted i do not you know condemn anything he does he he has made a lot of mistakes he's had some conversations with people worse than him and and highlights you know the bad side of sales so i've enjoyed a lot of his content he did an interview with grant cardone and it showed which one was worse at, at <laughs> ripping off people <laughs> <laughs> superb thank you so much and how, how and where can people find you daniel uh linkedin is the best place to find me um Daniel Disney, there's there's not too many Daniel Disney's out there. Uh, um, my website's DanielDisney.online, and I'm on all social channels. But anywhere, if I can be of any help to anyone, please pop me a message. As as Chris said at the start, I'm I'm keen to help as many people uh, with LinkedIn. So if I can help, let me know. Bless you, and thank you so much for joining me today, ladies and gentlemen, Daniel Disney. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for visiting the extremely successful sales club. If you would like more information regarding our training events for salespeople and their managers, would like Chris Murray to work with your team directly or speak at your next conference, then please get in touch by visiting us at SuccessfulSales.club, where you will also find the archive of all previous podcast episodes and many more freely available resources. Until next time, and to your success.